Discover over 100 episodes of Bartholomew Town on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. With all these sort of macro, probably bad news, I am extremely bullish on the city of Pawtucket. Um, I think it's geographically perfectly situated for extreme growth. Yes, indeed. Pawtucket, Rhode Island, ladies and gentlemen, and we've certainly spent plenty of time talking about Pawtucket and the surrounding region right here on the Bartholomew Town Podcast. It's Bill Bartholomew here with you for another edition of the pod. Glad to spend some time together. And I think back to Pawtucket Mayor Grevian's appearance here on the Bartholomew Town Podcast kind of recently after the fallout from the Paw Sox becoming the Woo Sox, the Pawtucket Red Sox, which is the AAA affiliate of the Boston Red Sox, a Rhode Island staple, um, unable to basically build a stadium, come to an agreement uh, at large with the stakeholders required uh, to be on the same page to get a stadium built. That was a disappointment to Mayor Grebian. Other issues facing the city of Pawtucket on the surface. Uh, you think about Memorial Hospital and then the, always the looming, hey, is, is Hasbro going to leave? There's, are they going to move to Providence, move to Boston, move somewhere altogether outside of the broad region? So questions surrounding Pawtucket. At the same time, plenty to be excited about. I think about my experience as a musician and artist and all that's there for me um, as a consumer of that and as someone who performs and so forth. There's an infrastructure in the city that is unique to the state in terms of the state, I should say. Um, so that's there. And then on the big picture, we see a lot of the loft conversions, um, residential opportunities, a lot of discussion surrounding the train station, the MBTA station, that's sort of a joint venture between Central Falls and Pawtucket, that could be a game changer as well. So a lot of really exciting things happening in Pawtucket at the same time as sort of these big 36,000 foot view, oh man, you know, what's what's next for Pawtucket? Well, at the same time, there's actually things, seeds planted, it's moving forward, things are happening. And one great example of that is the Guild. And you're going to hear all about that today in my conversation with co-founder Jeremy Duffy, in a matter of moments, you'll hear about how the Guild has positioned themselves and really Rhode Island at large um, at the epicenter of craft breweries in terms of both the product, but also in terms of the infrastructure and the model surrounding it. So lots of interesting stuff there, a fascinating conversation that veers off into a broad conversation on Rhode Island politics. Stand by in a matter of moments, my one-on-one with Jeremy Duffy of the Guild right here on Bartholomew Town. You know, one of my favorite parts about living in Rhode Island is the whole idea that you can get from one end of the state to the other in, well, it's not 30 minutes, but maybe 45 minutes. Anybody in southern New England, let me tell you something. You should think about Newport, Rhode Island as a year-round destination for yourself. And a truly fun way to kick off the holiday season is with the Newport Illuminated Boat Parade and Block Party happening at Historic Bowens Wharf on Friday, November 29th. Now, this starts at 4 p.m., It features the boat parade itself. There's going to be live Caribbean-style holiday tunes, not to mention all of the locally-owned shops and restaurants will be open. Hey, shop local. Why not do it right there at Historic Bowen's Wharf? Now, this is a free event. It happens rain or shine. The 2019 Newport Illuminated Boat Parade and Block Party at Historic Bowen's Wharf, Friday, November 29th. Always great to hear from you, the listeners. My email address, bill at ripodcast.com. Tweet at me. At Bill Bartholomew, new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And a great way that you can support the podcast is to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your preferred podcast app. All right, let's get right to it. My conversation with Jeremy Duffy 
of the Guild. All right, let's talk about the specifics of the, the Guild itself and kind of the origins of the idea. And now it's it's become a household brand, if you will, in, in southern New England. I mean, in, in my, from my purview anyway, you know, it's, it's just a place on the map in Rhode Island. It happened fairly quickly. That is, uh, thank you for saying that. that. That actually means we're getting to another level of awareness, which I appreciate. And thank you for having me oh, on pleasure. today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let, let me give you a little bit of history of, of where sort of Isle of Brewers Guild slash the Guild came from. Uh, basically back in 2013, um, I was analyzing the beer industry at the time. and I, I kind of deemed it the second wave of craft beer in the United States. The first one was in in the 19, early 1990s with Sam Adams and Anchor Steam and, and uh, Sierra Nevada, and they really kind of created this environment. Then it subsided a little bit, but really starting in 2008 was this sort of next wave of incredible explosion of the craft beer industry. I think very much kind of following in line with the foodie culture and about local and fresh and local ownership and, and quality, right? And, and the craft beer industry absolutely followed that. So we were looking at it, my partner Devin Kelly and I were kind of looking at the market. Um, originally, we wanted to buy a brewery and, and scale it up and, and do that because we were kind of both brand guys, our, our background. Um, but we noticed at that time in 2013, there was 70, I'm sorry, there was uh, 3,200 breweries in the United States, which equaled the greatest amount of breweries in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we said, I think we need to look at this a little bit different. And uh, essentially, we kind of looked at this model where there were breweries pulling out of states because they were having capacity issues. So like Dogfish, for an example, left the state of Rhode Island for about five years because they had to make a business choice of, of do they provide more for Delaware in, in the region yep. or do they keep on expanding into states? And they decided to really provide the local um, distribution and they pulled out of Rhode Island. So- as I like to say, with great um, business success always comes business problems. So we decided this unique, I don't know, unique concept, but of, of a partnership brewery. And essentially the pure model is to be able to, um, is to really get breweries capacity in order for them to get to the next level. And that's been our mission. Um, it's evolved yeah. <laughs> in, in a lot of ways because in, in, in a sense that we've had tremendous success and quick success on the brewing side, um, the guild itself has become sort of a place, which yeah. is phenomenal. And that's why we called it the guild and we shortened it up from Isle Brewers Guild because we wanted it to be the place. And um, I, I knew geotourism around breweries was huge, and, and I feel like the breweries are, are becoming local community spots now. Um, and, uh, so I knew we were always going to have a tap room, but I kind of never understood what we were going to do from, right. <laughs> from a the growth scope. perspective. Right. And, um, and so we had 131,000 square foot old mill building in Pawtucket and we had space. So just, we started with a little tap room with eight taps and we've now expanded to a 5,500 square foot beer hall. Uh, we have a beer garden now and we have now two special events places. So it's kind of, um, taking a life of its own, but at the same time, it's something that's really important to me, which is all about building community, and, uh, and we've been really proud of it. Yeah, no doubt about it, and, and as a musician, I performed in, I think it was July, I mean, I performed there several times now, but I performed in July in the backyard, 
And it was one of those, I think we may have talked about this when, when I was at the uh, Dan McGowan event a couple of weeks ago, but this particular show was um, amazing because I went into it expecting to have sort of a fairly routine evening, you know, kind of being in the background or something like that. But uh, the, the, the crowd was so hungry for the food trucks, the craft beer, um, and original music. And I, it kind of clicked in my head, wow, there's a new center of gravity for so many things that centers around hyper-locality, around originality, and a connection between the, the consumer and the provider. You know? So and I feel like the Guild, to me anyway, really embraces that environment. Yeah, you just completely encapsulated what we're looking for, right? Oh, so <laughs> we're we're not um, so egotistical to say that that uh, the beer is the only reason why people come. I mean, sure. people really want to utilize sort of a unique experience um, with a local brewery in kind of a cool spot. I think we uh, just the old mill building, as I said, like stay out of its way. I mean, it, it tells an incredible story unto itself. And then I think the power of Beer and, and multiple different craft offerings meets food trucks, which is another phenomenon, right? The food truck culture meets unique music. And, um, and it does set the stage for the most important thing is where friends and family get together and they're just coming together to have a pint and connect, right? And right. That's, that's the biggest thing for me is provide everything so it becomes that energy. And there are certain times, and I, I, I think I remember that day, where I'm just, just uh, I take it all in. And yeah. I'm like, this is exactly what I was hoping for. Right. And what's cool is I'm seeing that more often than not now. Um, and I, I think that's, that's pretty special. That is, and it's almost impossible to generate Without authenticity, you, you can't know manufacture I mean? it. Yeah, right. It's just, um, you, you know, we we had a, a blueprint and a business plan for the brewing operations. We didn't have a blueprint <laughs> for the actual guild itself in terms of that environment. We've just sort of gone with it and and let it evolve into itself. Yep. Right, and I think that's that's the big thing because authenticity is is the number one right right now for anything. No doubt. Um, let's pivot back to the beer itself. And obviously craft brewing is something that's, that's, you know, I don't know that you could say it's one of the biggest industries in the state, but you've certainly one of the biggest growth industries in the state and could potentially be a pillar here. Everyone can think back to Governor Raimondo chugging the beer or at, uh, <laughs> in her campaign ads. Um, but yeah. it's, it's definitely a platform. Other similar industries, um, Ulta may be part of the future economies in a major way here in Rhode Island. So let's talk about your actual product and the growth that you've experienced um, outside of the real estate and the, the community space you've built? So uh, so that's a great question. And <clears throat> let me pull back a little bit to tell you about that development. So yep. probably in 2008, when that wave was happening, there's probably eight breweries-ish in Rhode Island. There were some very um, archaic beer laws um, that really hampered growth uh, within the brewing industry. Primarily, it would just let you visit a brewery. You would have to you could get a sample, but you had to do a tour with that sample, and it just became prohibitive. Gotcha. Um, that explains the Newport Storm Brewery tours, why people would go on the tour constantly. Correct. Right. Correct. Gotcha. And <laughs> and because the geotourism aspect of it became so important. Um, Thankfully, the, the legislature and, and, and um, governor and DBR did a fantastic job of changing those laws. 
And then the combination of that second wave that I mentioned met the change. We now have over 28 breweries in the state of Rhode Island. So um, when you talk about the economic in, in, input of, of not only creating manufacturing jobs, retail jobs, administrative jobs, you know, brewing jobs, all of this, um, that collective is getting much larger. Like right now we have about um, 48 employees, right? And we started basically brewing operations in 2017 just to show that growth. Um, and then um, on the tourism side, right, we're going to expect about 80,000 visitors this year. So if we're on the high side but you have the 28, you, you might be looking at over a million people going to these breweries and, and sort of really drawing in, and, and that helps the entire community, right? right? So not only are you changing environments and communities and Breweries have a tendency to end up in old mill buildings because it's just good rent and 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 high ceilings. Um, but it, it 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 so it's changing communities, but it's also helping other businesses because most breweries don't have restaurants. You know, right. pe- people are going out; they're making a night of it, right? Uh, so that's been fantastic. In in terms of us, we're a little bit unique in 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 the model in, in uh, Rhode Island. Um, we built a large-scale brewery. Uh, we probably have a fourth-largest brew house in New England from a capacity standpoint, um, and uh, that was always going to be our, our sort of goal is to be – we have eight brewing partners right now, um, and uh, we're making a lot of beer. Yeah, <laughs> so, a lot of beer, So it's uh, yeah. yeah, so we're probably um, – you know, we're kind of looking at the numbers just in general. Uh, remember the 3,200 number I gave you in 2013, yep. there's now 7,500 breweries in the United States. Um, and just some key metrics around what we're doing is we, ex- we're number one in, in Rhode Island. Um, that's primarily because of our model. Um, and, uh, we are probably number 10 in New England from a production standpoint, and we'll enter the top 75 in the country, uh, which will put us in the top 1% from a, from a brewing production standpoint. What about, um distribution, those types of jobs, and, and, and how does that work from, from your perspective? I mean, are you, are you partnering with existing so, distributors? Yeah, so so um, it's funny, coming in as marketing and, and salespeople, um, we're not in the distribution game, and we're pretty happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, there's a three-tiered system almost in every state, which means brewer to, to wholesaler slash distributor to retail, off-premise, on-premise, uh, restaurants, liquor stores, um, et cetera. Um, within our model is that we are just handling the brewing and packaging of that. And then as soon as it lo- leaves our dock, the, the brand or the distributor owns it at that time. So we're sort of out of that game. But um, we still have to do some logistics around that. And I would say that primarily our distribution market of where our beer goes through our partner brand, um, probably from Maine to Maryland, um, but we're also shipping across the country as well. You're set up in Pawtucket. It's an area of the state that, uh, well, broadly, I suppose, the, the urban core of the northwest portion of the state. Sure. Some have argued that it's a blighted area now. We've seen the paw stocks pull out. You know, you see Memorial Hospital, uh, Hasbro, questions surrounding that. Um, the train station's taking a little longer than everyone thought it would. Whatever it is. There's all these, you hear a lot of negatives. But from my perspective, there's people like Lindsay Lerner on the ground Mayor Grebian, you know, definitely has his heart in the right places and his, his uh, it seems, and his, his uh, foot on the gas, so to speak, to try to take the city forward. Sure. You play a major role in that now. What's yeah. that like? I, I, um, uh, I, I almost uh, – we, we, uh, we had a location in Providence before 
we were going to go to Pawtucket. Um, amazingly, it was next to the Steel Yard, another great opportunity to grow that area. Um, and unfortunately, three weeks before we were going to buy the building, it burned to the ground, um, which was really disappointing because we just we just lost this amazing historical building uh, that will never be rebuilt again. Um, but I also kind of witnessed sort of the environment around Providence and 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 doing that, and then so we had to pivot quickly. Uh, it took a couple of days to get out of the uh, the fog, and um, our first meeting was with the mayor, and he had the head of the Pawtucket Foundation, which is sort of their economic private economic development engine, in the room, um, and right from the start, I saw his leadership. And I saw him identify our building and give us a tour that day, which, you know, we were just going to look at a bunch of places. We're going to look at a bunch of cities. And his ability to be able to get his, his people to be involved and understand economic development uh, is extraordinary. Um, talking about from a macro standpoint uh, is Memorial unfortunately is not Pawtucket's fault. Yeah, it's right. just, it's healthcare probably at its worst. Uh, Paul Sox, that's a state issue. That's not a, that's not a city issue. And I got to be very honest about that. Um, and then other things that might happen, they, they, they're not because of, of the strong leadership that, that the mayor is providing. Um, he has become a great partner. Um, uh, he is, uh, uh, he wants to make sure we can grow the right way, but the most important part of that phrase is the right way. And, uh, he cares about the city very much. I am, um, with all these sort of macro, probably bad news, I am extremely bullish on the city of Pawtucket. Um, I think it's geographically perfectly situated, uh, for extreme growth when it comes to as Boston continues to come down um, uh, to Rhode Island. In some cases, I'm a Rhode Islander, so I'm very Rhode Island proud, but yeah. we've become a super community of Boston at some level. Yeah. Um, they know that the MBTA is an extremely important connection between both cities. Us getting a, a new stop, which has taken a little bit longer, um, I'm excited about that because it's about 200 yards away from the brewery. Yeah. Um, and I've already seen our neighborhood completely transform a little bit due to us, a little bit due to, to very, um, uh, forward thinking developers, um, in terms of a retail and community space. But, um, I see us evolving, um, pretty quickly in our neighborhood, but I'm going to see that throughout Pawtucket. Um, I think we're, we got to play a long game here. Um, we cannot have instant gratification. Uh, we're going to be able to kind of systematically build the city, and, and the mayor knows that, that the Guild wants to be a huge partner in that. Small business in general in Rhode Island. I mean, I feel like I go on Facebook, or, well, I barely, I try not to go on there, but wherever I go, <laughs> and you yeah. see, oh, man, you know, Providence named the worst city to live in in the country, or the worst place in the world. And then the next, you know, right below that, here's another outlet, some random 401 account. Oh, Providence named the best place to start up a new business in the world. What's your take on that? Because you, you're having success right now. Obviously, it's market specific, but nonetheless, navigating the hurdles and finding the people. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it's it's very interesting. I think from a quality of life perspective, there are not many better places in the country, just from the fact that you have a city that is walkable, uh, is reasonable in rent, incredible restaurants, incredible things to do. And you have access points to so many wonderful things, either naturally with the beaches to the mountains, 
two big cities to you're in New York in three hours, right? You can have a quality of life and still go to New York on a weekend if you wanted to yeah. for that point. Uh, same with Boston, because Boston is almost starting to outprice themselves at some level. Um, so I, I think that is amazing. And I think the, you know, the ability that I have a 20-minute commute, right? And, and just to be able to do that compared to my New York City friends that have moved to the suburbs and, and they're sacrificing the hour commute in in order for them to have a quality of life with their families. Um, we, we're, we've got that beat. From an economic standpoint, um, it still shocks me a little bit that we are not as far ahead as we should be. Um, I would love to, I can't pinpoint it, honestly. I think for many business, particularly when they're looking at Boston and the rents and, and, and what, you know, the salary structures that they have to do, Providence becomes a really nice alternative. Um, so I'm not really sure. I, I can't figure that out because one of the biggest problems is we talk about the brain drain, leaving our, our wonderful edu- uh, higher ed model here, right? Brown students in Providence, Johnson, Wales, RISD. Um, but I would even go back to the people that grew up here. Um, oh, yeah. They, you know, they, they leave for college and most of them don't come back um, because the opportunity is not there. And, and it's really, it's hard to figure out because they should be able to do that. Um, we're losing incredible talent because of that. And uh, I do hope that changes. I feel like that's obviously environmental issues, infrastructure issues, educational issues are there on, on the top of the list. But yeah, the brain drain is significant. You know I mean? That's, man, it's, it's sad, but it's also, we're not going to have the, the human pillars in place to keep moving forward at some point if we, if we keep going on this pace. So be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think if there's one thing from a macro perspective is is almost anything works with a with a public private partnership, right? On 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 the legislative side, they need to have a grander vision, um, and and I think the governor has has tried and been super aggressive and has been able to have have really high level national conversations, but we need to execute on those. And I think basically what, what particularly as I like to say is, um, um, the success of Providence is the success of Rhode Island. It leads the way and we need to have our local government and our state government completely aligned and understand that, that, um, business development is a good thing. It's a really good thing because right. it, it drives revenue, tax revenue, um, and then if they can build that infrastructure in place, then you utilize that money to continue to build the schools and, and to do that. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more upset about what's happening with the Providence school system right now and that the state has had to come in and do that. Um, uh, and then that's coming from Rhode Islander, right? Um, yep. Uh, you're getting my Rhode Island side, Beautiful. not, not, not the guild on. side. Yeah, um, but it, it it really is. I mean, in the sense of a, a city that has to do a better job in terms of economic development, you would think if they're not doing great on economic development, they'd be focused on on the social and economic I mean, the social issues, um, particularly around the schools, and and that seems to be broken down. Um, I, I hope that changes. It's got to change, right? You, I, I have a good feeling about the commissioner, Angelica Infante Green, that that she at least means business. She comes with that New York City understanding and also, I hope, aggressive 
mannerism when yep. it comes to getting certain things done. So yeah. we'll see. I, I agree that that's, that is such a major challenge. I mean, for a business owner, for anybody, that's when you're looking to the future, we've got to dial in our educational system amongst other things. But that's something that it's got to I, I think living in this country, there's one fundamental right. Yeah. Is is the access to a good education, right? And because we all know that that will take us to to different levels. Um, so I, I hope with the state coming in that there will be. Uh, I know it won't be a quick fix, but it will be headed in the right direction. And and these students get what they deserve yep. from an, an opportunity perspective. Last question: What's your message to uh, someone in I don't know Richmond about coming up to Pawtucket? I mean, people say, "Oh well, I, I grew up down in that area." Not down in that area. I mean, yeah. I can get there. And, 25 minutes if you really want to from here but it's uh no look people are always um 50 50 i would guess oh i don't go to the city i don't want to park there or i'm afraid somebody's going to come out from behind some building and throw a brick in my head or something like that whatever it is i mean this this general area is fairly if not very safe yeah, and uh, very, there's no very. reason to not go to the guild no 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 gotta be parking lot that's (laughs) i uh if well, coming up overall and being able to stay in in Providence and 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 I, I was joking around. I was just like, I, I think Pataka is going to become the Brooklyn of of Providence, it right? Is, yeah, I kind of I kind of joke because of the artists and and the community that's starting to be developed. Um, uh, we are three miles on ninety five north of Providence. It is right there. Um, we've built a wonderful collection of of breweries and distilleries now in Pawtucket. We actually just had our first um, Pawtucket Craft Crawl, oh, cool. uh, which instituted um, the, other, the the four breweries um, and uh, two distilleries, which all have opened. Uh, the the uh, The grandfather is Foolproof Brewing, has been around yeah. since, I can't remember, they've been around for a while, but the collective has just been added, and, and actually the two distilleries are within the last two years. So we really had that celebration, and we couldn't believe the crowds that showed up for that. So it's um it's really kind of a wonderful collective group that that we're really here to kind of promote Pawtucket and promote sort of the craft behind it. And I think you're just going to see more and more. So we continue to bring um, content and programs. If it's bigger than than just the simple Saturday food truck, great music. Uh, we're building a lot of content, and that's really what's going to get us to 80,000 visitor this year. And my goal for next year is 100,000. So. We will see. I look forward to continuing to profile drivers of innovation, economic development, and so forth in the different towns, cities, and specific regions of the state. If you have an idea, send me an email, bill at ripodcast.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. And until next time, I'm Bill Bartholomew. We'll talk soon.